Good morning, friends. How are you? Good. It's good to be with you, and it's good to be here today. We are wrapping up our series on the grace of giving. It's kind of hard to believe that we've already been through four weeks. Um, I would love to invite you that if you don't already, please have your app open. There are sermon notes for you to follow along. If you go to the St. John app, go into Connect Sunday at St. John, you'll see the sermon notes there. I would love for you to follow along this morning. We're going to dig into gratitude. It is Thanksgiving week after all. I want to start out with Eckhart Tolle, who was an author of a lot of books. Um, He was an author of The Presence of Now. Uh, He has a quote, and it says this. Acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Acknowledging the good you already have is the foundation for abundance. Now, gratitude is one of those things that can be really, really tough, even though it should be really easy for us. But I think it's really tough because it can be shown in different ways, it can be received in different ways, and it takes some work. It takes some work to be grateful. Um, And here's what I think. To be grateful, we must first recognize the good we have. To recognize the good we have, we must first take inventory. To take inventory means we must first take the time to be grateful. So you see, it sort of makes a full circle there. The moment that we turn our hearts to gratitude is the moment that we realize we have good. The moment we turn our hearts to the good in our life is the moment... We are grateful. They are not mutually exclusive things, but they do take time. They make a, it, we have to take time to have gratitude and to realize the good we have in our life. And that's really hard, even though we are in this season of Thanksgiving, it is tough. Now, why is it tough? Well, one reason is we are getting ready to go into a weekend where it is the most heavily shopped weekend. Now, I know things are not going to look like this like it did in 2019, where 189 million consumers were out and about. I tried to put some masks on here, but it was going to take way too long to do that. There will be millions of people shopping this weekend. There will be. It's just inevitable. A lot of those will be online. But last year in 2019, $68.9 billion was spent. On On Black Friday alone, it is the most grossed, highest gross day of the year for shopping. In November and December of 2019, over $730 billion was spent in retail. So it's hard. How do we be grateful in a time when we are also trying to think about what do we buy? It's also that giving season, right? What am I going to get my husband? What am I going to get my wife? What am I going to get my kids and my cousins and my friends? And how am I going to make sure everybody knows that they're loved this year? So it's hard to be grateful now when we're already thinking about what we got to give later. So before we dig in to Paul's letter in 2 Corinthians, I want us to take some time this morning. I want us to take some time to acknowledge the good we have in our lives right now in this moment. So if you would, let's take the next few minutes. If you're in your app, you'll see there's a place there where you can intentionally write down these things. If you don't have the app open, please be intentional about writing these things down. You who are watching this live stream, make the effort to write down what is the good in our lives. So let's take a few minutes to do that, and we'll come back.
sorry, I did not mean to do that. Would anybody mind shouting out what some good is in your life? Share with us. Your wife. Oh, good answer, Glenn. Family, yes. Your husband. Go, Robbie. Freedom. Anybody else? I just wonder how many of us wrote down materialistic things. I'm not going to judge you if you did, but I just wonder, did you write down your TV or your clothes or your purse or, you know, I just wonder. When we think about our good, we don't think about those things. We think about the things that bring us joy, which are people, God, grace, freedom, happiness. We think about those things. It makes me think about this joke I found when I was doing some research for this about a man who really wanted to take his gold to heaven. He wanted to take, he had a brick of gold and he wanted to take it to heaven. So he did. God let him do that. So he shows up to the pearly gates and he's got his brick and they go, oh great, you brought some road. And isn't that so true? The things we have on earth are so different than the things that are going to be that way when we are with God as one. In perfect union with God, those things aren't going to matter. So I love that you all wrote down these things that do matter. These things that really are good. Okay, so I want us to together here look at this scripture. If you would, please say this with me. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. If you did not write grace down, you should do that now. You should do that now. Grace is the greatest gift, friends. And Jesus is the reason we have that gift. We, we said that in our prayers. We were praying. Jesus is the greatest gift. And with that, he brought us grace. It is this indescribable gift that God is so generous with. And when we think about abundance, we have to think about grace. Because it is abundant. And so we're going to talk about generosity today. And Paul makes this very clear. Generosity leads to two things. It leads to meeting the needs of people and thanksgivings to God. We have to be obedient in our being of a Christian by being generous. You can't claim to be a Christian and not have a generous heart. Because when we look at the life of Jesus, which we are going to do intensely later, we see a generous life. We see a generous God that Jesus reflected through his humanity and also through his divinity to us. Now remember back in the first week when we talked about the Macedonians. The Macedonians were the folks who had given even in great affliction. Even when it was really, really tough to do so, they gave beyond their ability. And that wasn't necessarily the case here in this specific part where Paul is writing to the Corinth. Corinth. The Corinthians were giving, but they were giving within their ability. 
and no more. They weren't giving until it hurt. They weren't giving beyond their ability. They were just giving with what they had. You see, the tighter we hold on to what we have, the more we clench to everything we have in our lives, the less our hands can be open to receive what God has to offer. The more we hold on to our time and make it our time, the more we hold on to who we are and we don't let God change us into who he needs us to be, the more we hang on to our treasures and what we've earned because it's ours, the less God is going to be able to live out through our actions and our words and our lives, the less we're going to see those blessings and the less other people are going to see those blessings through those gifts. We won't see that those things that God has blessed us with are things we are meant to share. Now, Paul didn't quote Jesus much, but he does here in Acts 20, 35, where he says, In all this I have given you an example, that by such work we must support the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, for he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, this is where, as a parent... When you're driving down the road and you need to get off on the curb because you need to have a talk with your kids in the back. I'm doing that right now, okay? I'm, I'm getting off of this for just a second to just have a little caveat here. Notice that Jesus says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. He doesn't say, you can only be blessed if you give, not if you receive. Now, I was raised a southern, independent, stubborn woman who, if anybody asks me for help, Chris will tell you, what do I say? No, I don't need help. I don't need anything. I'm good. I say it all the time. I say that to my mom all the time who never accepts help. But what does Jesus say here? Yes, it's more blessed to give, but it's also blessed to receive. If we don't allow people to help us, if we don't allow people to support us, then not only are we hindering the Spirit in our lives, but we could be hindering the Spirit in theirs. Okay, I'm getting back on the road now. Thank you. So, so let's look at how Jesus, how Jesus lived his life generously, okay, so that we can meet the needs of people and so that thanksgiving to God can be abundant. Okay, so first I want to visit this word generosity. Generosity is a tricky word in the Greek uh, language, okay? The way it was used throughout New Testament was very interesting. It, the Greek word is haplotes, and it can mean not only generosity, but simplicity and sincerity. Simplicity and sincerity. And I want to visit this quote from the Testament of Issachar. And it's, it's a long one, but it really hits home what this word generosity truly means for us. And my father blessed me, seeing that I walked in simplicity. And I was not inquisitive in my actions, nor wicked and envious towards my neighbor. I did not speak evil of anyone or attack a man's life but I walked with a single eye. To every poor and every afflicted man, I provided the good things of earth in simplicity of heart. The simple man does not desire gold, does not ravish his neighbor, does not care for all kinds of dainty meats, does not wish for diversity of clothing, does not promise himself length of days, but receives only the will of God. He walks uprightness in uprightness of life and beholds all things in simplicity. Jesus lived every day simply, but giving everything he had 
but only praying for what he needed. He gives us that in the Lord Prayer. We pray it this morning. Give us this day our daily bread, only what we need for today. And when he met people's needs, that's exactly what he did. Only what they needed and nothing more. And we can learn from that. <laughs> we can learn from that. When we are generous, generous as Jesus is, we find his simplicity and his graciousness and his living on purpose. Knowing that God has sent him to give of himself, to give all of himself. And so how did Jesus give? Number one, he gave with reckless abandon. He gave everything. He held nothing back. I think about my basketball coaches. Whenever we would leave the court at halftime, and they'd give us these pep talks. You leave everything on the floor, 150%, everything. Reflection time on this. To ask the question of what if he hadn't? And I couldn't even go there. My heart couldn't even go there to think about what if Jesus hadn't have died on that cross? What if he hadn't have done that for me? What if he hadn't have done that for you? Jesus gave wholeheartedly. He gave wholeheartedly for the recipient of the gifts. He gave for us, knowing that there would be people who would not love him. There would be people who would not believe in him, who would not accept him. He gave wholeheartedly to those people who would use their time, their talents, and their treasures for wrong, for evil, for power, for greed. But he did it anyway. And he gave in love. Love was his motivation, his end game, his reason. Give and in love are the same thing. You cannot give without love and you cannot love without giving. And Jesus shows us that. And so should we. Knowing that if we are obedient and we give when it hurts, we give when it's uncomfortable, we give when it feels risky, which let me let you know, that's not risk, that's faith. We've got to give when it feels that way because that's stepping out on faith. If we do that with reckless abandon, we do that wholeheartedly and in love, you are giving to God's kingdom, not your own. You're giving to God's kingdom and not your own. God will move and he will do only what God can do. Whether those gifts are time, talents, or treasures, he will bless those gifts through our generosity. And he will bless those folks who have received that generosity. In uh, Eugene Patterson's book, Run with the Horses, he tells a story about three young chicks who are sitting on a dead branch over a lake. And the mama bird comes over and sits beside of them on the branch and starts shoving, pushing them, pushing and pushing. Well, one of them just finally falls off, and before they get to the lake, takes off soaring. And she keeps pushing. The second one falls off and does the same thing. Oh, but that third one. That third one was not to be bullied. About the time that the mama bird got so close to the little chickling, it fell underneath the branch, but its talon grasped. It was still holding on. It was not going to let go of that branch. So what did the parent do? That mama. She started pecking at the little, at the little bird's talons, trying to make that little bird realize that this is going to be more painful 
than facing your fear, than facing that risk of insecurity of flying. The little bird's talons finally let go, and what did that bird do? He flew. The mature bird knew what the chick did not, that it would fly, that there was no danger in making it do what it was created and designed to do. Peterson then writes this, birds have feet and can walk. Birds have talons and can grasp a branch securely. They can walk, they can cling, but flying is their characteristic action and not until they fly are they living at their best gracefully and beautifully. Giving is what we do best. It is in the air into which we are born. It is the action that was designed into us before we were born. Some people try desperately to hold on to themselves, to live for self, and they look so bedraggled and pathetic doing it, hanging on to the dead branch of selfishness and self-centeredness, afraid to trick themselves on the untried wings of giving. Yet many people don't think they can live generously because they have never tried. But the sooner we start, the better, for we are going to have to give up our lives finally. And the longer we wait, the less time we have for the soaring and swooping life of grace. We won't fully experience that life of grace. And the people we meet, the people we love, may not fully experience that life of grace unless we use our wings, unless we do what we are born to do, and that is to give. Jesus lived his life on purpose, knowing he had to give in order for our needs to be met and in order for thanksgiving to go who they should go to, and that is to God. He modeled the way for us, for us to live our lives and we are called to be his reflection in this world. We were born to give generously, friends. Through giving, we use our wings. Wings God gave us to soar. Let's pray. God, I just, I'm in awe of who you are today. I'm in awe of how much you have given us of how deeply you love us. And Lord, we, we lift thanks to you. And we know we need to do it more. We know we need to fight harder to make the space in our lives to give you more glory, to give you more gratitude. And God, I pray we do that. I pray we leave this place ready to live in gratitude so that we can be generous in our lives to everyone we meet so that we can let go of the things that we think matter, that we can let go of those things, God, so that you can work through our actions and our lives of gratitude and generosity instead of us clinging to security, clinging to the what-ifs and if the, the ball could drop at any time. God, let us place our faith in you so that you may be praised and thanksgiving will be lifted to you and only to you and glory will be brought to your kingdom and not to us. God, we praise you and we love you today. In Jesus' holy name, amen.